Welcome to a special edition of Tell Me Your Story, Mayhem to Miracles from the Sacred Stories Publishing Company. And uh, this is one of 12 interviews that we are conducting with 12 of the 30 authors who have submitted stories to this compendium that I have been using. That's the word I am using. It's sort of a trilogy. There's uh, Chaos to Clarity, where we interviewed 12 of the 25 to 30 uh, uh, contributors to that book. Then there came Crappy to Happy. Now we're dealing with Mayhem to Miracles. And my very special guest, and I have to tell you what a joy it is to have him back on the program again, uh, a gentleman who uh, I have um, I've read his earlier works and was enthralled by them. I even, I even recorded your book, uh, actually several of them, as audiobooks, but it was for private consumption for myself and my wife. Uh, and uh, those people who are listening will know who I'm talking about when I say that I recorded the Celestine Prophecy on cassette for myself and my wife. James Redfield, thank you so much for joining us and contributing to Mayhem to Miracles. Well, my pleasure, pleasure to be with you and uh, certainly to have contributed to the book. It's, uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about your contributions, but also um, we'd like to talk, of course, a little bit about uh, the work that surrounds the uh, it's more than just a trilogy. It's a, it's a multitude of different books having to do with the Celestine prophecies. <clears throat> and um, first of all, I want to remind our listeners that Mayhem to Miracles, which, again, is a compendium of 30 letters or stories, I should say, 30 stories, of which James Redfield has written one, uh, and uh, he has, has contributed to, to, to this work. And his particular, uh, his particular story, which I, I'm intrigued by the title, we're going to find out more about it, We Are All Chosen. And uh, that takes on for me, James, a, a sort of a biblical connotation, and I'm going to guess it probably is where that comes from, and we'll discuss that in a moment. But our listeners need to go to sacredstoriespublishing.com, where they can order a copy of the book, Mayhem to Miracles, and, and actually read a little bit about it. And a reminder, of course, that uh, this program, <clears throat> which is heard on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., as well as 1 a.m., and that's on Sundays, 1 a.m. on Mondays and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We also have podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, uh, Black, uh, Blueberry. I was going to say Blackberry, but that's not what that is. Blueberry. Uh, but also what we're on iHeartRadio as well as Amazon Music. And you can watch these interviews on YouTube. You can watch these interviews. And um, I hope that you'll go to our guest's website. We will be linked to James' website so that you can find out more about him. If you don't know anything about him, oh my goodness, you need to find out because he's shared with us some incredible insights through many of the works that he has written, not just the Celestine Prophecies, but that's probably uh, probably what you are um, most known for, at least uh, in this present day, I would think. But I'm hoping that you're known for more than just that, the legacy that you leave behind, or I shouldn't say leave behind, but that you share with us, that you share with us uh, here and now in terms of improving our lives, making our lives better. And one of the things we focus on this program is 
teaching us, showing us how to thrive. Is that is that a fair assessment of what James Redfield is about? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, certainly the Celsian Prophecy, uh, my first book, was uh, really about a... Uh, a movement that was occurring and this was uh back in the uh the 90s and uh uh the turn of the century uh but but it uh, yeah the, the celsius prophecy is really about finding your own unique path into spirituality and when i mean spirituality when i say spirituality i mean a, a consciousness uh a shift in your um, uh, connectedness, so your feeling of connectedness, so that your life uh, unfolds uh, in uh, in what feels like tiny miracles. And certainly, I I hearken back to uh, Dr. Carl Jung uh, and his uh, uh, extension of Freud's depth psychology into what was uh, really turned out to be a spiritual psychology. Uh, meaning a transcendent sense of uh, oneself in the world. And he, of course, uh, of course um, coined the term synchronicity. Uh, oh, he's the one. Said, he's the one. Yeah. And he said uh, that this was a phenomenon in nature, a, a principle in the universe. Mm. And it was the experience of meaningful coincidences, and uh, what I what I did with with that idea uh, is to uh, fashion a story, uh, and it's a novel, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, the Celestine prophecy uh, it, it, it is about living a kind of synchronicity, being you know the, the begin asking for and getting those mysterious mysterious synchronicities that extend our lives, that uh, tell us that life is not arbitrary. Life is not just about uh, rationality. Life is about a journey in which we can uh, be more connected with the spiritual and more connected with our own destiny in the world. And, you know, what I mean by destiny in the world is that, uh, you know, there's a feeling that we can step into a path in life that feels, uh, again, destined in the sense of uh, uh, something that we're called to do. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if, we, if we talk about spirituality in terms of spiritual consciousness, it's a kind of transcendent view of your life uh that we can step into and uh you know we're at writing a new book now about uh what i believe that is uh in the sense of uh you know there's there's certain uh alignments or you might you might call it uh designs in the universe that we can get uh, compatible with and when that happens uh our lives open up with a lot more of a sense of fulfillment and a call to some mission that we want to uh, contribute to the world. Well, you know, that ties really well into <clears throat> certainly your story uh, in Mayhem to Miracles, but also in general into the 
the synchronicity that uh, you say uh, uh, Young came up with. And one of the things that I have found so profound in the process of doing these interviews is that level of synchronicity, not only in terms of the subjects, the conversation that we have and the subjects that we touch upon, but also in terms of the things that happen. Now, normally, in, in, a, in a situation such as this, I would never, ever share uh, the, what I'm about to share. And, that, and it's not that it's, it's secret or anything. It's just that you don't usually draw attention to these certain things. But I've shared this many times uh, in terms of uh, uh, interviews and the challenges that I face from time to time with getting interviews. Now, years ago, I wanted to have you on this program many years ago, long before I ever actually did. I thought, well, it'd be great to have him on the program to talk about da-da-da-da-da, Celestine Prophecy and so forth. And I let it go. I just said, you know what? I'm just... I'm going to put it out there and boom, the next thing you know, you and I, we're communicating. Uh, I, I'd like to consider us friends, you know, and, and, and bear in mind, uh, I am still uh, uh, intrigued by and, and, and moved, of course, by the writings that you have in that first book, Celestine Prophecy. But I, I'm not, it's, it's one of those situations where I know a lot of people, they still go gaga over you, you know, oh, James Redfield. James, you put your pants on one leg at a time just like me. Come on, let's not let's not go there any more than, oh, Richard, you're tell me your story. Oh my gosh, incredible. I'm talking with you. Come on. We, you know, we're two human beings, and all we're trying to do is make it in this world and trying to share that with other people. But what has happened is, as James and I are conversing, this is the third time this has been attempted. In about three months, the third time for for whatever the reasons are, we're not even going to go into that. The fact of the matter is that I have developed the principle. The harder it is to get a guest on the program, the better that interview is going to be. And to me, that's synchronicity. It's like the interview in this case isn't going to happen until it's time, until it's ready. And the subject and matter. You know, for for uh, communication like this, especially uh, heavy stuff like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is the, the world is designed, I think, uh, to do much more uh, in than we think. That that most of us allow ourselves to assume. Um, and you know, you talk about uh, fame. You know, I mean, my first book was the best-selling. Uh, book in the world for two years and 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 in the story that's exactly what i'm talking about because uh, nobody could understand why i didn't move into uh you know uh, fandom uh, you know uh, the whole blitz of, mm -hmm. of, of of that kind of thing and um but you know, what I really felt was that I needed to step back and let the book be the message. Mm. It, was, it wasn't about me. Um, and so uh, in this in the story that I that I present in in, in this book, I uh, I really uh, frame it that uh, the reason I didn't get ahead of the book 
was because I felt like it 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 was so mysterious the way this whole the whole thing happened for the book to yeah. occur and for me to get it out that people will think, well, I was chosen. James was chosen to develop, you know, to deliver this message. And uh, so, you know, I just stayed behind the book. And right. that issue, of course, I've always been sensitive about. Uh, but uh, I'm mellowing out now. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't stay, I don't stay behind the book anymore. Uh, because now what I think is that we're all chosen. Now we're chosen for different things and there's no, one is not, not better than the other. Right. Uh, one is as significant in the sense that it happened on time. Uh, it happened in the world and, and to speak to your, your last point, things happen on time. Yeah. Uh, we, say, we say the right thing because it comes to us the person that we meet on the street, you know, uh, the odds being, you know, really great that the meeting never was, never should have happened. Uh, but we, we, we say something that touches them. It's a mysterious coincidence. Uh, it gives them a sense of new direction or answers a, a, pro, a problem they have or, yeah. or, or resolve something. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. So, uh, that was my point in the article. Uh, I think people will like it because uh, I tell the whole story, all the mystical aspects of how the thing happened. Well, and, you know, uh, we're talking with James Redfield. We're talking, of course, about the contribution he has made to Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing, sacredstoriespublishing.com. We certainly hope that you will pick up a copy by going to the website. I'm sure it's available as well as on Amazon and other outlets as well. And we hope that you will stay with us right here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is uh, such a pleasure to, of course, have uh, as our guest here on the program one of the contributors of Mayhem to Miracles, James Redfield. Uh, uh, who uh, is, uh, he, you know, many people know who he is because of the work that he's done. His first book uh, became extremely popular, very popular, number one and all that, that good stuff, Celestine Prophecy. And I mentioned to you that I had recorded it myself. Uh, I had read it into a, a tape recorder for my wife. And, um, you know, that was the beginnings, I suppose, of my audible uh, recording session, but again, it was for private use only. I never uh, shared it with anyone else other than my wife. She may still have the cassettes for all I know. And I've recorded a number of other books as well. But um, one of the things that has struck me about reading books such as that, another great uh, friend of mine who has since passed on, Ogmandino, wrote the, uh, the Greatest Miracle in the World, which is how I met my first wife. As I'm reading these books, my friend, the movie is playing in my mind, okay? I, I can see all of the action and the adventure and, and the drama and so forth and the people who are involved. I may not actually get a good look at maybe their faces per se, but I'm seeing this unfold in my imagination. And I remember, uh, this is not one I read, I listened to this particular book on, off of a CD, and again, this is long before they became quote-unquote audibles, was, of course, Dan Brown's book, uh, Da Vinci Code. I saw 
what the man was going to look like, the main character in the movie that Tom Hanks played. And when I saw the movie, I'm going, did they hook up a coax cable to my brain and siphon off the images? Because it looked exactly as I had pictured it as we listened to the book. Tell me about how important it is when you are writing. And this kind of goes not so much to your process, but in terms of making sure that when you do write these different stories, that the images come through. Uh, Because the thought has occurred to me that if we start to be able to communicate telepathically, we're not going to be communicating words. We will actually be communicating images which are much more descriptive than words could ever be. What are your thoughts in that regard? Well, you know, uh, I find that all authors are a little different uh, in their process, but um, really what I, you know, it's, it's really the energy. Um, you know, Gurdjieff uh, said that all art has an objective energy. In other words, uh, the, the artist puts into the work uh, a uh, transferable objective energy. So that that what you feel when you look at a painting or read a book is what uh, the uh, artist put into it objectively. Uh, And and I know exactly what you mean about uh, being in the story. Uh, You know, I, I, uh, that's the measure for me, you know, as I write and as I reread as the reader, uh, it's okay. How, how much is it? Is it alive? Is it, is it, you know, you can smell the smells and see the sky and feel the emotions. And uh, so, you know, that's why, you know, I spent a lot of time writing books. You know, I, I spent years and that's what I'm after is, is this sense of energy that it has to, to pull you into the into the journey and all that's happening in the journey. So you're actually sort of directing the film in your mind, in your imagination, uh, as you're writing, right? That's right. Yeah. And rewrite. Uh, and rewrite. And rewrite. <laughs> Seven times. Exactly. And, and I, I, if I may ask... How many times did you have to go back uh, and revisit the story? Uh, I've often think I think about the short stories that I, that I wrote in high school. Um, I was in a Southwest literature class, and uh, uh, we were told we were going to write uh, we write these stories. And I wrote a story. It was I don't know maybe. And again, we're talking about uh, college size rule paper, that kind of thing, and in longhand. And it was probably twelve or thirteen, maybe fourteen pages. And I got really a really good grade on it. I mean, my my instructor, his name was Mr. Miller. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, he was so much fun, and he 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 really liked it. Uh, and he says you ought to continue. And it was it was an interesting story. The title was Conflagration at Sea, uh, uh, and it it was it was a story within a story. Uh, the, the the actual story was one that one of the characters had written, 
and had submitted for competition in a writing uh, course. And he'd been doing this for years. And this was an elder gentleman, maybe in his 50s or 60s. And a young kid of 17 comes along and wins the prize. And it just incenses and enrages him to where he actually carries out the events that he actually wrote about in the story that he submitted. Um, so... Uh, you know, and I've often thought I need to pull those up and I need to I need to maybe put those on the computer, type them out and then maybe expand on those. But it's it's sometimes it's a lot of fun just to sit there and start to muse. And then, of course, um, of course, back before computers, you know, doing a longhand, I, I just didn't have the patience for that. Uh, but I've also been told that that's actually one of the better ways of writing. And now I would take it you probably used used a typewriter at the very least or or a computer. Or did you do it in longhand? Well, uh, actually, my first book I did in longhand just because I was uh, I was doing it. I was writing even the first draft in in a, a, a number of uh, uh places and uh, this might sound a little superstitious but my aim and this some of this was intuitive right i just brought this to it uh my aim was to write a book that everyone would understand whether they knew psychology whether they knew uh spiritual concepts from various uh religions uh or or no matter what they knew Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a story that presented that much feeling and information that that uh, uh, in a way that they could follow along. Yeah. So I uh, I wound up writing it longhand in uh, omelet shops and you know, restaurants, uh, even in you know a bar in the middle of uh, uh, happy hour. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> That resulted in a lot of uh, stories, mm -hmm. but uh, you know what? You know what I was trying to do is is just get in the middle of human interaction, and then because it kept me grounded, uh, <sighs> this was not a, uh, the Cells of Prophecy was not a theoretical book; it was an experiential book. Mm -hmm. So that. Uh, what we're talking about is is real spiritual connection in the sense of uh you know the heart opening and uh, uh in the sense of uh you know guided intuition comes in um and uh, you know it it worked uh obviously mm -hmm. um, but it but but it uh, and and everybody thought it was funny because there were plenty of computers around. But I I wrote most of the first, uh, at least the first draft of that of that uh, first book, uh, longhand. So yeah, we're talking with James Redfield, author of Celestine Prophecy. He's also the author of uh, and uh, f f <clears throat> and few are chosen. Uh, I'm sorry, no no no, and all are chosen. How about that? Uh, sort of a, a dovetail off of the many are called, but few are chosen. But the reality is that we all are chosen. We'll find out chosen for what as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. I thank you so much for joining us here on the program as we, we come your way uh, with uh, lots of insight <clears throat> and information. Celestine Prophecy has 
I, I've lost count. Twelve? Is it thirteen? Is it fourteen insights? <laughs> I, I've lost track. <laughs> they are just nine. Just nine. That, uh, and of course, ultimately, with the uh, the three uh, uh, sequels, uh, wound up with twelve uh, of these insights, which I now call uh, design features in the universe, uh, <sighs> where we can uh, get in in tune with how the world's really supposed to work. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, that's been a lot of fun making that journey. Well, let's talk a little bit about that in just a moment, but I want to talk about this aspect of, of uh, how um, uh, we all are chosen. Uh, chosen, is it is it basically what you have already spoken to, and that is chosen to raise our consciousness, to live our life's purpose, a combination of that and, and, and a bunch of other things as well? Well, it's, it's, it's one contribution, one mission that we, we at first just get an intuition of, a picture of in our minds. Uh, it, could be, it could be just a moment. Uh, that with one person that just, uh, you know, that, that in its innocence or, or in its, in its uh, energy, just, uh, just one other person uh, toward a, a more open spiritually oriented life and, uh, or, or anything else, mm -hmm. you know, a healing, a healing for, uh, you know, a disease, a, um, you know, these things, I, I don't reduce them to careers or missions or uh, in the sense of, you know, some long journey of preparation and then becoming famous for it. It's not about fame. Mm -mm. Uh, it's about uh, letting ourselves be guided into a contribution that changes some aspect of the world. And I think we're all, we all have that. We all feel, especially as adolescents that we're here for some great purpose. Uh, and uh, we are. Yeah. It's just not being famous. It's not being rich. Yeah, it's, that's not what it's, it's about. You might become famous. You might become rich. But that's not, if you want to put the word goal on it, that's not the goal. I think that uh, for me, and you probably would feel the same way, I, I, I'll let you respond to it, it's to be of service. I mean, my boss here at the station that I work for here in Santa Barbara, that is our mantra. It is our motto. We are here to serve. There are days when I don't want to <laughs> because the demands sometimes are overwhelming. At least they feel overwhelming. But I have to remind myself that I am here to serve. And even if it does feel overwhelming, I'm still here to serve. And if I can, do it. And one of the wonderful phrases that I really, I really try never, and this sounds almost oxymoronish, I try not to use the response to a request, the word no. If, if I am not sure if I can't give them an emphatic, oh, yes, we can do that, I will respond with, let me see what we can do. 
Let me see what we can do. Let me. It's, it, I've always believed in workarounds. Always. Even before computers came along and, and there was more than one way to accomplish something on a computer. Um, that is that has been sort of at the forefront of 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 my service to people is what is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it that you want to achieve? How can I support you in that? How can I facilitate that through the work that I do so that I can be of service to you? And I think that that dovetails into this other aspect, too. You know, you talked about fame and money. Well, I look at it from this perspective. James, you have a project that you want me to help you with. I want to help you with it so that you become successful. Because if I help you to be successful, then I become successful. Well, that's, you know, my reaction to that is, uh, you know, I think one of the most important design features in the universe, uh, and one that's coming up, it's, it's delightful for me hearing you talk about that, uh, uh, revolves around, and it's like, it's the karmic structure in this world. Mm -hmm. It all revolves around helping. And, it's, and I believe that, uh, you know, people instinctively know this now, uh, you know, from the dog-eat-dog -dog world, we're, in my view moving toward a more conscious helping world uh and uh what happens is if you if you're a helper if that's if that's what you think about doing if you want to help people uh then what happens is that that karmic reaction is for you to, to for other helpers to be moved into your life so not that one deserves the other but that's to me, that's the karmic structure so that if we're motivated to give, we draw into our lives more givers and life goes better with the givers. Now, if we're a taker, and we all know takers, you know, it's a taker of energy, a taker of money, a take, you know, it's, you know we, we've all fallen into taking in our lives. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you're a taker, it's as simple as this. If you're a taker, you draw more takers into your life, and your life synchronicity slow down. Uh, your you know, people lead you astray. Uh, your projects get ambushed, and not, I've seen it so much. You know, it's it's just a, a, a common sense for me now that uh, it's more fun to give, and you have a happier life when you give. I could not agree with you more, uh, and I. And, and it is, from my perspective, it is to the consternation of family and friends. When I was first in this business working for a Christian station and someone would come to me with a project, you know, um, I knew they didn't have a whole bunch of money. These were small little ministries and churches and so forth. And I would rather do the work for the small amount to help them to get their message out, then say, no, this is my rate and that's what I charge. And they say, okay, thank you anyway, and not do the work at all. Uh, so uh, that was my perspective. And, oh, Richard, you're underselling yourself. You should charge more and on and on and on and on. I figure one day maybe, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the pennies and the nickels and the dimes and the quarters will start rolling in. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I'm doing pretty like, well right now. Money, it's, it's about the life. Yeah. The life, it, the enjoyment it, of the life. 
Absolutely, absolutely. James Redfield, my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm so glad you're with us here on the program along with James. We're talking about, of course, the work that he has done in contributing to Mayhem to Miracles uh, through Sacred Stories Publishing. That's sacredstoriespublishing.com, the website where you can order your copy. I think that uh, it, it's it's a work that is to is there to help to transform your life. And James... Uh, first of all, you used a word earlier that um, I I use it, but I don't pronounce it the way you pronounce it. Okay, I pronounce it coincidences, incidents <laughs> that coincide. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe that there is no reason for these different things. And I don't know how much television you watch. I probably watch more than I probably watch enough for the both of us. But there have been some television programs and movies that have come out that will start to show several different independent stories in the first maybe 15, 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Okay? They're totally independent, have nothing to do with one another. And then all of the sudden, two of those paths start to cross. Okay, two of them start to cross and they have an interaction and then a third crosses those two and then the fourth and fifth and so on and so forth to where they begin to uh, you be, you begin to see just exactly how we are interconnected. To me, that is those are fascinating stories uh, that I think need to be told. You know, it's, and, and lived. And lived. Um, you know, once you start looking for synchronicities, uh, what happens is that there's a one around every corner. Uh, there's a, and, and, you know, it, there's some synchronicities that are challenging, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a stretch, you know. I mean, uh, you, you, you're called to stretch yeah, uh, and get larger and, and get, uh, you know, more wise, mm -hmm. uh, but, but, you know, there's synchronicities everywhere. If you really see, and, and, you know, I, I've, I've found that most important, I mean, I don't call everything as every encounter, every, uh, interaction, every car we drive by every light that turns red. I don't call all of those synchronicities. No. But if you, if, what I think is important is to, if anything negative happens, you call that a synchronicity. And the idea is mm. if you can find a positive in that, no matter what happens, if there's a, a silver lining, something that even if it's uh, you know, a, a brick wall that you've hit with a business or something, there's always a message. You yeah. know, change your attitude, change your friends, <laughs> change, <laughs> change your, uh, your goal a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, and, and in that sense so that, you know, you can almost say all of these big turns in your life are synchronicities, uh, even if some of them are, are very challenging. Yeah. And, uh, there, it, you know, what this does, though, is it, it fills your life with all these encounters that, as you say, you know, are meant to be recognized and lived and, 
treasured really yeah um, more you can do it you know what the to me the greatest one we talk about giving and and getting um you know if you're giving synchronicities that's the best uh, yeah. and what that means is you know you're talking to someone and it intuitively comes to you uh something that you should say now it'll come as an idea uh maybe an experience you had about you know a problem you solved it'll just come to mind yeah and if you think that is it's something you should give then what happens is that when you when you say it work it into the conversation very often that person will say that's exactly what i needed to hear in this moment yeah. this is why we're talking you know that's 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 what i needed to hear what you just said yeah so if you're if you're the best kind of giving is to give synchronicities like that they're intuitively you know, you participate in the great miracle of, of how the world works yeah. that. and the, you know, the divine, the divine occurrences in the world. Right. And, uh, and the great thing is that when you, uh, you know, when you do that, what happens is more and more people come with your helping hand coincidences just when you need those. Absolutely. And, uh, challenge people I, I, I talk about this so certainly that you know what i really do is challenge people now hey that that's the real design of the world the design of the world is not to you know to feel like you're lost in the negative uh funny farm yeah it's get on the path of giving and get into helping uh and receive you know, more in life. Uh, and, and I think that, that that's, that's the, that might be the, the real awakening that I feel of consciousness that I feel is happening out there right now, that search for and finding, you know, meaning that revolves around helping each other, as you said. It's extraordinary life that we live. I want to ask you about this concept of transformation as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story with James Redfield. James Redfield's the author of The Celestine Prophecy and the three sequels, and we're also talking about the work that he has contributed to Mayhem to Miracles, uh, published by Sacred Stories Publishing, and we certainly hope that you will uh, go there and find out more about not only James, but also other works that Sacred Stories Publishing is putting out. I'm Richard Dugan, your host of Tell Me Your Story, along with James Redfield. And I wanted to ask you, James, about this concept of transformation. I, um, I put together, I, I put forth this theory. In the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus is there with his disciples and he's performing all of these miracles. Wonderful stuff, whether it's turning water into wine, healing people, uh, raising the dead, and, uh, uh, and so forth and so on. And the apostles, they're just like wide-eyed, wow, that's pretty neat. Hey, could you teach us how to do that? It's like asking a magician, could you reveal your secrets to us too? And basically, and again, I'm paraphrasing because I ain't King Jimmy. Um, you know, you think this is great stuff? You, you guys want to learn to do this? Sure, no problem. But let me tell you something. You guys are going to do greater works than this. And... I've theorized, James, that the greater work 
is transforming our lives, raising our consciousness, if you will, becoming more aware of the others around us and having that compassion for both ourselves as well as the others. What about you? What, what do you think that was meant by that in terms of the greater miracles that we would do? Well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say, but I really would say what we've just been talking about, you know, living life at a, at a higher level of giving and interaction and helping each other. Uh, you know, that a lot, there wasn't a lot of that going on back then. Um, you know, there were a lot of sword fighting, but there's not, there was not a whole lot of that kind of, you know, giving of tenderness and from the heart and all, and all that goes on that can go on now. Mm -hmm. Now we're, we're living in a, a very divided time, but, uh, it's my view that, uh, you know, consciousness is, is moving up into a different octave. And that is, you know, why in the division is over, whether we're going to live materially or whether we're going to, we're going to move into this kind of elevated, spiritually connected uh, world. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know the, 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 the world of the dark side is, you know, is test that, you know, and, yeah. and uh, we shouldn't be surprised that, that uh, you know, if, no, if they think nobody cares, uh, then they'll get, they want to get to everybody dependent on, uh, you know, the material uh, world and mm -hmm. life that they, that, that they, they champion and, and um, uh, want to see grow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a crisis of everything, but it's also a chance to, find a spirituality that has been missing uh, in the kind of sleepiness we've been in for so long. Yeah. I, I've been watching, uh, I've only watched a couple of episodes of this program on television, and uh, it's called Dope Sick, D-O-P-E-S-I-C-K. Uh, and it's focused primarily on the opioid epidemic that we have experienced since the 90s. And I'm watching this program and I'm watching all of the drama and everything. And it's all having to do with pain relief. Okay. Managing and taking care of pain. And I'm sitting here listening to the, the, the arguments from both sides and I'm going, well, wait a minute, hold it. Could you people stop for just a second? Are you even concerned about where and why the pain is being caused? I know you want to alleviate the pain, I, you know, for whatever the reasons, monetarily or humanitarian reasons. But what about figuring out why the person's in pain in the first place? And I've even heard it said, James, uh, that 99% um, of our pain is uh, caused by our mental and or emotional states and that no pill will ever alleviate it until we deal with those mental and emotional situations. Your thoughts on that? Well, you, we talked about Carl Jung yeah. and his 
his discovery of synchronicity. Well, he, he all also uh, made a lot of advances in in um, mental health, and and what he uh, he broke from Freud famously. Uh, because Freud thought that what was bothering humanity was their sexual urges <laughs> oh, yeah. that caused all the, the problem. But what what uh, what Jung found and and convinced himself of, and and many many, many others since, uh, is that what we're what we're running from, what causes the most pain and anguish and confusion, mental confusion, is a a you know, forgetting that what we need is spiritual connection. Uh, we've we've gone through four four hundred years, five hundred years of uh, extreme secularism, extreme materialism, where there's nothing real but just the stuff you see around you. Uh, and uh, what that causes is a kind of uh, lack of of grounding uh an absence of those intuitive guidances that and, and of the transformation that you talked about um uh, and what we do is uh we repress all that the need for it and we do we go into other ways other preoccupations uh that give us a sense of some sense of power in the world and uh, of course that that uh, you know is uh, it explains what Jung also pointed to is that the, the, the psychopathology that exists in uh, organized workplaces that that have now become multinational uh, arms of uh, you know of influence in the world um, and when that is when that's not giving, when that's that's big time taking, um, then it just creates more and more of that kind of angst in the world. And I, and I think that's what, of course, happened uh, during this material age of materialism. But uh, without a doubt, we're breaking free of that, and we've started breaking free of it, um, you know, centuries ago. Hmm. Um, you know, Carl Jung's best the first work was already a hundred years ago. Uh, so, so that we were, yeah, we were moving out of this. But what we still see is, you know, huge entities in the world needing control and needing power, and uh, you know, getting together and trying to create that. Um, but it, it, you know, there's a lot of things that, that went wrong. You know, the pain is not just emotional; the pain is physical. Mm-hmm. Sure, we lost we lost the connection, and well, really, in the 1930s, uh, when when all over the world people left their uh, homesteads and farms and the connection to the earth, and they went to the to participate in the industrial uh, revolution or, or to, to make that widespread um and and what what was lost in that was natural health <laughs> and uh you know we're having a big battle now about what keeps you safe uh is it something you buy from uh, the same people who uh, are 
uh, say it's the healthiest way? Or is it something, uh, is it a, a, a more natural lifestyle that's missing? That when everybody was on a, you know, eating great food on the, on the, uh, uh, on the homestead, uh, that kind of, that kind of uh, healthiness, uh, other things were wrong, uh, went wrong, but, but uh, that kind of basic healthiness, physical body health, health uh, healthiness, was intact. So we've lost a lot of that in the materialism and the, you know, and the need for money rather than, than spiritual connection. Yeah. But it's a going. I'm very optimistic that uh, this is short-lived, and we're going. We're you know the we're we're rising into a kind of consciousness that uh, that we just have been talking about that will place all that's wrong out there. Well, I'm glad to hear of your optimism. I share that optimism for the future, and I want to share a little bit of that. Uh, I'll talk to you a little more about that as we continue here. James Redfield is my guest. He is the author of The Celestine Prophecy and uh, the three subsequent sequels, as well as uh, All We Are All Chosen is the title of the story, and it is in Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing. Go to sacredstoriespublishing.com to order your copy of the book, and maybe even look into getting the other two uh, 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 elements, if you will. Chaos to Clarity that was uh, released in, I believe it was December or January of 2018. I stand corrected, 2019. And then in 2020, they had uh, Crappy to Happy. And now in 2021, it's Mayhem to Miracles. We hope that you will get your copy very soon. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we're talking with James Redfield. I wanted to ask you, um, one of our slogans here on the program is called Choices and Knowledge of Those Choices to Help Make Your Dreams Come True. And um, it has been said, uh, I don't know who, who said it, you may, you may before, uh, know before I do, uh, that um, all of our choices that we have made in the past have placed us right where we are. Especially, for example, you and I, here we are, well, all the choices we've made in our lives, boom, here we are in the present moment, you and I are chatting away, talking about these wonderful ideas. And then all of the choices that we make today will place us where we will be tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. One of my guests said something very profound, and I'd love for your, uh, um, uh, your perspective on this. He said, that is true, but throw this into the mix. All of the choices that you make today are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be. And you and I are both optimists. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, that's probably true. Uh, we we make our decisions based on the possibilities of tomorrow, what we think will be possible tomorrow, and uh, you know that's uh, you know there's people are either optimists or they're uh, or they think uh, better be careful something bad will happen tomorrow, uh, and uh, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a you know it's it's a person really has to choose uh, uh, that outlook. Uh, I mean, you fall into it because of your family or your parents or or your experience. Um, 
but it you know it's also a choice mm -hmm. you know you want to be positive you want to see uh, a better future i think that's what we tend to get uh and uh the and now especially because i think you know with consciousness rising uh what happens is that uh, we're uh, we find a way to be uh, optimistic and, and uh, especially if we're more giving then uh, other people arrive on time to to, to bring solutions mm -hmm. or to bring uh, you know a new breakthrough into something that we want to do yeah we're talking with James Redfield here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And and we're all looking for those new ways of living. I say this over and over again. Just look around you. The old ways just aren't working. And so we have got to start tapping into uh, something else. And that's something else. What might that be? Well, we're going to continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and James Redfield is my guest. Uh, I wanted to ask you something that someone said when they found out I was going to be interviewing you uh, that um, they hadn't heard anywhere yet, having to do with the Celestine prophecies. Now, from my personal perspective, the answer to this question is irrelevant. I don't care about the answer to this question because I love the story. I love the message. I love the insights. Okay. But the question, <laughs> the question was put to me, is the story of the Celestine prophecy or any part thereof true? Well, I can, I can answer that easily. All the important parts are true. <laughs> Okay. I have to say that the description of the old growth forests uh, is a wonderful thing. And so I live in an area of Santa Barbara where we have a lot of oak, old oak trees, still alive, doing well. And I love the fact that they surround us. There's such a, there's actually sort of a feeling of protection and yeah. comfort in that regard. Now, I don't know whether they're old growth. I'm not sure if it con uh, an old growth forest constitutes, you got to be a hundred years or a thousand years old as far as a tree is concerned. But I think what you were saying earlier about how we have lost our connection to nature brings up this aspect. I'd love for your thoughts as well. Uh, I've said this um, many times that nature is our greatest teacher. Well, I, I would agree because, uh, you know, we, we are in nature and uh, it's just an illusion when we think we're not. Mm -hmm. uh, we can be in behind the biggest fence in the world, you know, um, and covered with, you know, in a, in a, in a fortress yeah. of concrete. Uh, but we're still in nature, you know, uh, we have, we're living a natural life. We have to have air to breathe. Uh, and, and we, we, we can't ignore all the other living things out there. Um, it, it, you know, the, to me, uh, you know, when uh, part of the story about the, uh, the way that the Celsian prophecy, uh, 
emerged <laughs> that I wrote in the book was really uh, a, a an experience I had in the beginning uh, where I saw the whole thing. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time. This is the first time I've ever publicly described that prelude to the writing of the Salesman Prophecy. Mm -hmm. uh, but where I had, where I was, I was, I was on a, you know, we, uh, at times in our lives, uh, you know, we, we go on the, where we know there, uh, these searches for, for meaning or not, or uh, for direction or not, we go on them. So I, I decided to walk out in a, in a old growth forest and camp out and just think about things. This was, you know, I was, I was, uh, out of, um, out of grad school and, um, wondering what I was going to do. And uh, so I, I went out there and just wound up in, uh, you know, I wasn't really even meditating, but uh, uh, there's a power that far deep in the forest. Mm. These are, you know, all protected trees and they're huge and they're old. Uh, I recommend that for anybody because most people don't want to spend the night two miles in, right? Right. But it's it's worth it. It's worth, uh, you know, going, you know, being protected and being educated about what to, what might happen out there. But, but you know, go. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where the energy, uh, a lot of the descriptions of energy in the book, uh, I, was, I was first um, cognizant of. Uh, in the middle of that, I had a very extensive daydream, and I, I, it, 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 it didn't quite qualify as a vision. But um, you know, I'd already, I already was interested in writing, and uh, uh, what, what, you know, what happened was really I just saw the whole thing, mm. um, and uh, yeah, and I, I don't care. I mean, you know. The theme of, of my article is that I once cared what people might project on me because of, of this. You know, I didn't want to be thought as chosen, but I certainly had the, the had the had the intense daydream in, in which I saw the whole thing. Uh, I didn't even know what I was going to write about, but I um, what I saw was that I would find out. Through through these, you know that would that would come into my life, and um, and if I had the guts to do it, uh, what would happen is that it would be successful. In fact, it would be a uh, a book that was valued all around the world. So imagine having that daydream. Wow! When you're in all this, all this angst about what do you do when you're kicked out of grad school <laughs> and so um uh i didn't believe a minute of it not not one you know this was a pipe dream uh you know and uh i didn't believe a, a, a bit of it it was just you know one more distraction i thought uh that uh, that uh and my mother's cajoling about to go get a real job <laughs> i've heard uh, that too <laughs> <laughs> so 
so, but what happened was I remembered it. Yeah. And when one of these synchronicities, you know, what dropped in my lap virtually was the work of Carl Jung. Because I hadn't, I hadn't really digested his break from Freud, which is very, very interesting, and uh, his guts to to merge psychology with spirituality, um, and that was that was the sort of the breaking point. And yeah, yeah, that that set a stage of learnings and, and experiences that wound up all being in self student prophecy. So. So anyway, I, I don't even care whether people, how people react to this anymore. You know, uh, in my view, again, I'm not worried about being chosen because I think everyone's chosen. Yeah. And you've been chosen for the role that you are playing right now. And I've been chosen for the role I'm playing right now. And, and we choose. We actually, the role's placed before us. It's still our choice as to whether or not we choose to play that. And I myself am having a great time. Uh, the only time that I was ever uh, challenged by my mother to go get a real job was when I took six months off after graduating high school. And I'm there at home watching soap operas. And she says, why don't you go get a job at one of those religious stations? And I said, nah, I don't want them shoving their, their philosophy, their beliefs down my throat. You know, of course, the irony was that I was kind of doing that when I started working there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's fascinating stuff. We're talking with James Redfield. We're talking about the Celestine prophecy. I have one other question I want to ask you in that regard as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. We're talking with James Redfield. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I want to ask you, James, as we uh, uh, come close to the end of our program, you've, you've shared with us a great deal about the, the, how the Celestine prophecy came about as far as you're spending time two miles into the old growth forest, as it were. What were some of the other inspirations or influ influences, I mean, you've mentioned Carl Jung as well, that, that helped to, to formulate and helped you to create this book that, uh, that so many people have read around the world? Well, um, you know, I could, uh, you know, I, nature of nature, you know, love for nature was uh, sort of instilled in me uh, from a grandfather uh, who uh, was a um, game warden oh. uh, in Alabama when it was still, you know, in the, in the early uh, 20s, 1920s. And which is, you know, Alabama, people in Alabama thought they were still Daniel Boone, you know, and they were <laughs> going to go out and, and, and shoot there. Uh, and there was a real, you know, uh, the woods were barren of wildlife. I mean, it, 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 so to, it, to, to change that was an enormous uh, uh, effort uh, to, to be able to protect all the wildlife because it would just disappear. And um, so uh, <laughs> my grandfather was a pioneer of that effort. And, uh, mm. you know, that instilled in me a kind of appreciation for nature, but also, um, you know, having to uh, 
face disruptions, you know, realizing, uh, you know, evolution, even a positive, you know, positive type evolution requires adjustment uh, in people. Uh, and uh, so, so he, you know, it was that with that belief, uh, you know, he, he did that job, which of course just saved many, many species uh, uh, in the forest. Uh, and, you know, again, all that was instilled uh, early on. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, really the, the the love of, of writing and literature and uh, you know uh, inherited from my mother who read a lot of books especially about growth and spirituality and mm. and and that sort of thing so you know I was I was all set up for it mm-hmm. uh, and and you know that's you know when I think of, of just a look at the draw in terms of where I was placed in, as a child I think you know, coming to grips with all that uh, is is the way to think of yourself as as to being on a unique journey and mm. uh, thinking of yourself as being prepared to do something that helps the world. Yeah. And uh, again, that's the greatest fulfillment. It's the way that the world is designed, in my view. Uh, you get re- more rewards than you could ever. Uh, uh, realize from the good, the good, the good things, the helping efforts that you, you do in this world, uh, and uh, you know, I don't agree with the with a saying, you know, that every good turn is punished. You know, oh it, yeah, it really <laughs> is not. Like no, no, no. It really is not like that. That's funny, and people use that expression. Yeah, every good deed, um, no, no, no good deed ever goes unpunished. <laughs> that's the way it goes, and uh, you know that's funny, but that's not the attitude to, yeah. to project in your life. Exactly, you know, because uh, I, I, uh, I believe that it's just the opposite of that. Every good deed is rewarded if we now if we keep our. Now, I, uh, I, I, I have three final questions that I ask my guests, but I have one final question in the context of our, our, our interview that I'd like to ask you. And that is, if you were stranded on a desert island, and if there was one book that you wanted to have with you, okay, if you even wanted to have a book with you, is there one in particular that you would want to have with you uh, to be able to refer to, to go back to, and so on and so forth, that has meant something to you maybe most of your life, or maybe you've just come across it recently. But is there one that you would like to have with you? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> you know the book that I would choose? Hmm. It's a book called Golf in the Kingdom by Michael Murphy. And it's a, uh, it's an adventure story revolves around the mysterious uh, aspect of golf. And uh, uh, if I was stuck on that island, 
I would be making uh, I would be making some golf uh, clubs out of some some uh, ah. sticks. Uh, I'm finding a way to to because uh, you know golf is a uh, is a mystery because it's impossible. <laughs> uh, well, well, I happen to it can only be played in a zone in 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 a real zone, and and that's the same zone that. The, the alertness where synchronicity comes in. Well, we catch, catch these synchronistic moments yeah. uh, in alertness. So, so anyway, that would, that, that okay. would be the one. Well, I host, I happen to produce and co-host a program called the Golf Radio Show here on this station. And uh, I love the joke that golf is nothing more than something that ruins a perfectly good walk in the park. <laughs> James Redfield is my guest, and uh, we're teeing it up here. Actually, we're just about to, to the uh, to the uh, green of the 18th hole here on our program as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's great to have you with us. James Redfield has been my guest. James, it has been a great pleasure, and, and I certainly hope that we can have you back again to continue this conversation on a myriad of different subjects dealing with this whole movement that has been going on for a long, long time towards raising and the consciousness of the people one person at a time as we as we transform our lives. And that in turn then transforms our world. And I thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Well, thank you. It's always fun. I have three final questions that I did ask you the last time. But, you know, sometimes those answers change. And that's why we like to ask them again. But before I do, I need to address you, the listener and the viewer. I want to thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. As we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. 9 a.m. Wednesday mornings for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. As well as the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Stitcher, Blueberry. We're also on iHeart and Amazon Music and many other locations and on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. And I hope you'll subscribe to either or and the podcasts and videocasts. We'd love to uh, have you do that so that every time I post a new one, boom, you're going to be notified and uh, we certainly hope that you will do that. If you'd like to support the work that we are doing financially, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal and Patreon account for your security as well as ours. And when you go to PayPal to uh, support us, they're going to ask you for an email address. And it's Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. And also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we hope that you will spend that time going within, listening to that still, small voice. And as we wrap up our program, we uh, dive into the three final questions of our broadcast, podcast, videocast, and ask the first question, who is James Redfield? <laughs> Who is James Redfield? Uh, I'll probably, uh, uh, I'm going to give you definitely a different uh, answer. You know, James Redfield now is, is a person who uh, feels the obligation to uh, tell the truth. Uh, and uh, that's what I do. And uh, I don't, sometimes um, 
uh, it's pushy to tell the truth, but uh, I try to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I told Joseph I had a new book going, so it's going to be about the truth. All right. uh, so it's, it's uh, going to be fun. And, uh, you know, that's me. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? You know, I want to I want to continue to, uh, you know, to focus on how the world is really designed spiritually, and uh, and, and and to uh, really illuminate maybe uh, how we can get in alignment with that design, mm. uh, because that's where uh, you know the miracle of synchronicity happens. That's where all the inspiration happens, and that's that's creates the life that we're all supposed to be living. And uh, mm. so that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Well, my life's purpose, uh, I think, is, is really um, to look beneath the surface and bring out truths that matter. Uh, if, you, if I had to say it in a sentence, that's it. Well, James, again, I thank you for joining us here on the program and always for giving us uh, so much time. And uh, it's, it, it was a challenge to get here, but it was well worth it, I tell you. I don't know about you, but uh, this was fabulous. Well, I enjoyed it as well, and let's do it soon again. Absolutely, we will. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.